So if we can take a few moments to do that, that would be great. Just also want to let you know that, of course, many of you know of our Hope Restored store, where we, we take uh, what we call upcycling. So we take donations that are given to us, repair, fix, paint sometimes, or sometimes just clean it up, and we put it in the store. It's a lot of home decor type stuff. And we've been raising a lot of money for our community because of that. And uh, just uh, last month, we raised some money for Wings for Falmouth Families. And if you're unfamiliar with that organization, what they do is they help families in crisis. And they help a lot of struggling families in crisis right here in our neighborhoods. So we, uh, I'm going to just read you the thank you letter that they sent to us. They said, we're thankful for, an for the infinite generosity of our donors, especially with your recent donation. Uh, we gave them $864.74 for our families during a time where they need it so great. On behalf of the board of directors and all who volunteer for Wings for Family Families throughout the year, we are truly grateful for your uplifting support. The Family community is truly a special place, and our donors are extraordinary people that give so much. Thank you for providing and empowering and comforting families in need. So we are able to give to Wings for Family Families, and uh, this year to date, Wings for Family Families has assisted six families in the amount of $27,165. It's a little lot. You can get it out. Um, they've helped pay for mortgage, insurance, and utilities for a grandmother to support her grandchildren after the loss of her daughter. They've given gift cards for clothing and food to a father to help his children after a kidney disease diagnosis. They've helped pay rent and utilities and auto repair for a family after dad suffered a broken leg and could not work for six weeks. So a uh, great organization doing great things right here in our community. So um, yeah, thank you for your support, Hope Restored, and those of you who are involved there. And, uh, Let's give the Lord a hand that we are able to, to support them. I also want to make mention when we're calling the Mother's Day Challenge, and we're going to do a Father's Day Challenge, so you know, listen up for fathers to come up right around the corner, is that you know many of, many of the prayer requests that we're praying for on our list on Thursday nights are for your children. They're unsaved, or maybe walked away, or are continuing to, maybe they're searching. And I want to encourage every mother that has a child that's somewhere near that can get here, Say, hey, the only thing I want for Mother's Day, maybe it's not the only thing you want, but, you know, it's something additional. The main thing you want for them on Mother's Day is to be sitting by your side in church. And uh, so I want to encourage you, that's the Mother's Day challenge, to maybe take the opportunity to invite them. That may be a moment, that may be a day that they decide, okay, I guess I'll go ahead and do that for Mom. Right? What, what would we do for Mom? So, okay, I want to encourage you to do that. And I also just want to mention, too, that, you know, as far as... Um, people have been kind of asking about this, but about membership of our church. If you're interested in becoming a member of our church, I just want you to uh, maybe just talk to me after service. I'd love to talk to you about what that looks like and maybe go through some of the details of how that works. Um, it doesn't have to be a huge process, but I want to be able to meet with you, you know, maybe over coffee and maybe talk about it a little bit. But I would love for you to be a part and become a member of this church. If you're interested in that, please see me afterwards. I'd love to talk to you a little bit about what that means. So, with all that said, today, this morning, we are continuing our series called The Days of Elisha, and uh, today's message in particular is called Faith Over Fear. Faith Over Fear. Now, there's a true story of a family who was really trying hard to sell a house. And it was kind of on a busy street, so they're having difficulty, and the realtor decided, you know, they're going to go ahead and just put this house on the market and do a, a ton of open houses, trying to get people through the doors to get someone to purchase this home. And they gave the kids instructions, the kids of this family, to not talk to anybody and to 
won't tell them anything about the house, no matter what they ask. And so this one man one evening was walking through the house, and he, he pulled aside his seven-year-old daughter and said, are there any secrets I need to know about this house? And she kind of smiled and kind of grinned and said, no, no secrets at all. He's like, come on, you can tell me. Come on. I won't tell anybody that you told me. She said, well, there is one secret. She leaned forward and she whispered, and she said, story how angels are a protection in our lives. Maybe I don't know if you thought that was going There's an old gospel from our name. Some of you probably remember this one. Maybe you can help me sing it if you know it. All night, all day, angels watching over me, my Okay, you do know it. Okay. All night, all day. I went down to the valley to pray. I don't remember how that goes exactly. But angels watching over me, my keep on all night, all day. So it's a nice song. Do we believe it? Is it true? See, uh, this morning we're going to be talking about a particular story about Elisha. It talks about these angel armies or the sons of God's protection, even when we don't see. Angels are watching over us. And that's what the story talks about today. Angels watch over God's people. Angels protect you because God is on your side. So what gives us the confidence when we're up against the wall? Anybody ever been up against the wall? Maybe against the ropes. Maybe being beat. You know, maybe, maybe you feel like Rocky against the ropes just being punched like crazy, right? Rocky, beat him with your face. Good job. You know. So some of you know what I'm talking about when you feel against the wall, when you feel like you're, you're beaten against the ropes. And one thing that gives us confidence as believers in Christ is that God knows the plans of the enemy. God knows the plans of the enemy. We're going to start in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 8 through 10. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It's going to be behind me as well. And it says this. It says, when the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a place. But immediately, Elisha, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Arameans are planning to mobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to the place indicated by the man of God. And time and again, Elisha warned the king so that there would be an alert there. Here's what I want you to see from this passage, is that God knows the plans of the enemy. There is nothing that surprises God when it comes to his, the, the plans against us. And the king of Aaron was not happy that these plans continued to seem like they were leaked. Somebody was telling somebody what was going on. He thought someone among them was an informant. Someone is giving out classified information to the enemy. And just like what happened recently to this young man that was an Air Force veteran here in Massachusetts that was arrested. They felt like there was some kind of leak. Somebody was leaking information somewhere because the enemy seemed to know exactly what they were doing and avoiding it. But there was no traitor. What we see here is that God knew the plans. And through the prophet Elisha, he would warn the people of Israel. 
know, we try to convince ourselves that we can do things in secret. is that no secret plans will ever overcome God's people because God is in control. Remember the story of Job? Maria mentioned this last week. She shared a little bit about Job last week as we were gathered together here in the front. But one of the things she talked about was that Satan could not do anything to Job in secret. You see, he had to get permission from God before he could even do anything God gave him his parameters of how far he could go. And I want to say to you this morning that though the enemy has plans for you, that God has a greater plan. And a greater plan that you may not always see or understand. He has a plan for you, he has a plan for this world, and he has a plan for our future. There's a confidence that comes when you really truly understand and grasp that God is in control. Do you, do you get that? That God is in control. There's a confidence there. Even when things are not going the way you wish they would, there's a confidence saying, I know that God is in control. There's no secret plan that the enemy can defeat you with because God already knows the plan. God's plan for your life supersedes any plan from the enemy. Now, according to Scripture, what's the enemy's plan? To kill to steal, and to destroy. That's his goal. That's his entire goal. His entire reason for being is to destroy you, and to destroy me, and to kill us, and to steal from us. But God's plan is different. We see it in Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. In those days you pray and I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I like those plans better. I don't know about you. Steal, destroy, or good, not disaster, future, and a hope. That's the confidence that we can have. It's following Christ. That he has a plan for us, a future, and a hope. You know, sometimes we look at life and Sometimes we think somehow God was surprised by something that happened. Somehow God was blindsided by COVID. He knew this would happen. He saw it all. He is not thrown off by what, by what is happening to you right now. He's not like, oh, I didn't see that coming. Right? He knows. He understands. He is not thrown off by that. You see, our confidence is not in what we do or do not know. Our confidence is in God, the one who is in control, the one that we trust. And there's no secret plans that will ever overcome God's people because God is in control. He is working even when we don't see it. And God knows the plans of the enemy, and he knows these plans, and God protects us. 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 14 through 18. So, so one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses surround the city. When the servant of the man of God got up early the next morning and went outside, there were troops, horses, and chariots everywhere. Oh, sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. Don't be afraid, Elisha, for there are more on our side than 
of theirs. two of us, and I'm looking at all these chariots and horses and armies that are surrounding us. There's some fuzzy math going on here somewhere, right? Verse 17, that Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes and let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire. Verse 18, as the Aramean army advanced toward him, Elisha prayed, O Lord, please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elisha had asked. God protects his people. They were surrounded by the enemy. They were outnumbered. They were outmanned. They were outweaponed. To the natural eye, this was a sure defeat, right? He saw this and said, They were sure to lose. They would either be killed or taken captive. And this was a shock in all operation, right? They're only going for one person. But here they're sending the entire military to surround the town. They were trying to shock and awe them. They wanted to intimidate the small town of God. See, the enemy of our souls wants to intimidate us. He wants us as believers in Christ to cower in fear. the lost. We're not doing the very thing that God has called us here on this planet to do. And we're looking for him. In this passage, you see two ways of handling crisis. You see the young intern's way of seeing it. It's right. Here. And Elisha's way of seeing it. Which is what? Faith. Elisha put faith in his people. Notice that Elisha was not rapid. Tells the servant, don't be afraid. How many times in scripture do we see that phrase? Don't be afraid. Every time an angel shows up, he says, they say, Don't be afraid. When Jesus was walking on the water and the disciples were out there and the storm was all around him, Jesus said, Don't be afraid. It is I. Well, we read the book of Joshua, he says, Don't be afraid. Be strong and courageous. Over and over again, God's telling his people and God's telling us, don't be afraid. Don't live in fear. I am with you, always. I think we've heard that many places. And there may be times, and maybe you're in one right now, where you feel surrounded on all sides. You feel threatened. I appreciate what Tom and Lee said last Sunday, that when we're in a battle, we use praise. As a weapon against the enemy. Because praise and prayer go hand in hand. They're the weapons that God has given us. And we sing the song sometimes, This is how I fight my battles. What is the way you fight your battles? You fight your battles by praising. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. We fight our battles. You know, rendering we can find, but a guy 
Imagine what this looked like in real life for Elisha's servant to look up and to see these chariots of fire around him. This powerful army of God ready to pounce, ready to take this Nephilim group out if necessary. In 2 Corinthians 5 7, it says, For we live by faith and not by sight. So for we live by faith and not by sight. Here we see the role of faith to see what we cannot see. Like Elisha's servant, we only see the battle raging around us. Like the disciples, we only see the storm. We don't get to see the armies of heaven who are standing around us, protecting us, and keeping us. But here we get to see. Faith is just this, this sense, this trust, this belief in God. Whether we can see it or not, we sing that song all the time. Even when I can't see it, He's working. So we have to trust that God is working, even when we cannot see it. Even when we do not see it, there's things stirring in the background. I've seen it so many times in my life. And so many of you probably have too. But God has ordered so many things and put so many things in place along the way. That when you look back, now you can see why God did what he did. But when you're in it, you can see way back. You had no idea what was happening. But now you look back and you're like, oh, I can see what God was trying to do there. Now I can see that God was trying to get my attention. Now I can see that God was trying to work and stir some things that I just couldn't have done on my own. A few things that we can learn about faith. First, what we just talked about, we live by faith, not by sight. Trusting that God is in control. And we need to choose faith over fear. And the second thing that I like about this story is it tells us that faith will not be intimidated. Faith will not be intimidated. So they sent they these big armies over one person. And Elisha was not intimidated by the enemy at all. He believed and knew that God would protect him. And he saw what was happening in the supernatural realm. And God opened the eyes of his servant as well to see exactly what was going on around him. And another thing we learn is that this battle is not against flesh and blood. This battle is not against people. 
Our battle is not against people. Our battle is not against the Arameans. Our battle is not Republicans or against Democrats. Our battle is not against people who believe differently than we believe. That is not our battle. If you're fighting that battle, that's the wrong battle. You're in the wrong battle. Our battle is a very real spiritual battle that can only be won by praise and by prayer. It's a battle in the heavens. Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 13 says this, and it's encouragement to us. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Didn't I just, didn't we just talk about it? God knows the enemy's schemes already. He can reveal this to us. He can say, well, this is how the enemy is trying to get to you. You've got to change something here. So that you can take your stand against the enemy's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces in the evil heavenly realms. Of the evil and heavenly realms. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, when the day of evil comes, you look around the world and go, what's the day of evil? And is it coming? Faith that Elijah conceived 
chariots all around him. How do we activate that kind of faith in our lives? Romans 10, 17, this is coming from the English Standard Version, says, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ. You see, we hear the word of God on Sundays. We can hear the word of God on our phones now, on a, on a Bible app. We can read the word of God. We pray the word of God quite often. We sing songs that have to do with the word of God. Because in the moment of weakness, in the moment when we need strength, sometimes a song, I don't know for you, but for me, a song comes to my mind. And I remember what that song says, and that helped me to stand. That helped me to stand strong and not give up ground. And we hear testimonies. That's what we, when we gather together our testimonies. We hear testimonies of what God is doing, not a thousand years ago, but what he's doing today in every one of our lives here in this room. Because God is still a miracle worker. This kind of faith is activated by hearing the word of God. By hearing it. And I want you to notice another way that faith is activated. 2 Kings 6.18 As the Aramean army advanced, Elisha prayed. There's some other words. As the Aramean army advanced, Elisha prayed. As the army advanced, Elisha prayed. As the enemy advanced, he didn't go to his friends and ask their advice. He didn't Google what to do when the enemy surrounds you and find a YouTube video on how to take care of that, right? Like I was on YouTube yesterday trying to figure out how to figure out a garage door and get a program for our cars. And I couldn't even do it in my car. But anyway, there's no YouTube video on what to do when you're surrounded. He didn't draw his sword like Braveheart and go in in that fashion with the clash of the enemy. And it didn't go in like Rambo, taking on the entire military, raining bullets from the sky from his machine gun. No. That's not what he did. He didn't run for the hills. He didn't try to come up with some kind of elaborate escape plan. He went to prayer. He went to prayer. And by the way, you can go to prayer too. Every Saturday, Every Thursday, 7 p.m., you can go to prayer. Great. Side note, that was one of my notes. We went to prayer because prayer activates faith. Prayer activates faith. When we pray together on Thursdays, I can feel the faith rising quite often. Some of us come up here and meet up on Thursday, and you can feel the faith as we gather together in his name and begin calling on his name. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? And there's no secret plans that will ever overcome God's people because God is in control and we know that he wins. We can have confidence in God because he's in control. And I want to make this last point here. Notice that the Arabian army did not, did not have God protecting them. Think about that. chose to live their own way by their own little chief gods. You might remember the story of Balaam's donkey. He didn't believe in six years because Balaam's donkey was a bad one. You might remember that that donkey was 
and that God is in control and faith over fear. True faith will not be intimidated. And how is that kind of faith activated? By the Spirit of God speaking to you, by hearing the word of God, and by prayer, because prayer activates faith. Prayer because God will never disappoint. I wonder if anyone here feels like they're surrounded by the enemy armies right now. You feel like you're back see God at work right now. You're struggling right now where you're at. Are you struggling to see God in the way you want, the way you want Christ is in the way? What realm do you want to see the other? Do you want to see the struggle? Do you want to see the influence? Do you want to see the chariots? This morning, I want to pray that God will open your eyes to the reality of what the enemy And that you would grow your faith by hearing the word of God and prayer. And as the enemy seems to be advancing, you would pray. But I pray that those who I pray for those who feel surrounded by the enemy right now. They look at things in the natural and they feel like they're in a no-win situation. There's no way out, there's no escape, the battle is too big. Thank you. 
going to have God's protection and we can trust God for it. spend the rest of my life in the power of Jesus Christ. I pray these things in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. If you said that prayer this morning, if you're watching online, if you're here this morning, you want to spend time to call a little box, a checkbox that says, I give my heart to Christ today. I want to be able to call out with you today. If you're watching online, if you've been a friend this morning, give your heart to Christ and have a call with you as well. And I want to encourage you, salvation, download an app called E-Version. It's God's Word and you can come right on your phone. And you can read it wherever you go. And I would encourage you to search for a little app for E-Version called the First Steps for New Believers. And I encourage you to do that because that is going to help you on your way into your world of faith because we're all in a spiritual journey. And we're still going to So thank you for that this morning. Now the congregation stand Read this over here from Ephesians chapter 6. We just read it a few moments ago. But this is my encouragement to you this week as you continue to believe God for greater things. Ephesians 6, 10 through 13 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord's mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when that the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Amen. Let's go as a people who put faith in